Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Suzanne Venker Show, where we tell truths the culture won't. As always, this program is brought to you by Hair Saloon for Men. Hair Saloon isn't just a place to get a haircut. It's an honorable rebellion against the feminization of the American male. Men and women are different, and that's a good thing. At Hair Saloon, they don't offer coupons because they don't need to. Their prices are always reasonable, and customers never feel shortchanged when they walk out the door. So get out of your wife's salon and head on over to hairsaloon.com. They have 18 locations in St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Boston, and Houston. Book online or through their mobile app. Again, that's hairsaloon.com. What do women want? It's an age-old question, but it's just as significant today as it has always been. But the last half century has brought a shift in gender roles and relationship expectations that have confused both women and men. Men have been told they shouldn't be like their tough, masculine fathers and grandfathers. But the men who try the path of the new age sensitive guy find women don't respond positively to the new American male. Elliot Katz is the author of Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants. Katz faced some of these challenges in his own marriage, and when it ended, he sought to learn what it means to be a man in a relationship. He found books on relationships that said little to help him, and eventually found powerful, timeless insights in the lessons fathers and other older male role models taught younger men. To convey this message in a book, Katz wrote a story about a grandfather who shares with his grandson, who's about to be divorced, timeless wisdom about what it is that women want and need from men. Moving beyond trendy ideas about a man's role that don't work, Katz shares the kind of insights on being a man that have withstood the test of time. Interestingly, these observations are the traits Katz heard many women complain are lacking in men today, such as showing leadership, making decisions, and taking responsibility. Elliot joins me now. Hi, Elliot. Good to be here. Thanks for coming on. Um, I got a lot to ask you about this book. Um, I need to just tell people right off the bat that what makes this book really interesting, I thought, is the way you chose to, to write it or to tell a story, rather, as opposed to just straight up nonfiction. So it struck me as, you know, similar to nonfiction in terms of its overall themes and messages, but you, you, you chose to tell a story, and I thought it was extremely effective to, um, you know, have this grandfather teach this grandson who's perhaps bordering on divorce or just having a lot of problems in his marriage about, you know, what, it, what he's learned in his 50-year marriage. So I feel like this book is ultimately for men who try too hard to please women and who wind up frustrated as a result. Is that a fair characterization? Absolutely. Right on. Yeah. It, it's right on. And and the reason I chose to tell it as a story, first of all, I think people like stories as opposed to just being told uh, facts. And also, because it's a grandfather teaching his grandson, it, it shows how these teachings have missed a generation, like the, the main character, Michael. He didn't learn it from his father, but his grandfather, you know, is, is sort of bridging the gap of teaching it to his grandson. He sort of explains it in having learned it, himself in his marriage throughout those 50 years, right? Exactly. Right. Because that's what marriage is. It's a learning process. You don't start off knowing everything. No. Right. You have to, you have to learn how to handle these situations. And unfortunately, as, as you said, a lot of the messages that men get of what they should be doing, 
they just don't work. And, and, and you think I'm trying my best to, uh, I want to be a good husband, I want to make my wife happy, and why isn't she happy? I, I, I've met so many men who are divorced or in, having lots of problems in their marriage, and they just think, well, you know, I, I want to have a good marriage, I want to be a good husband. I, if, if someone would have told me, that, you know, guys who are divorced would say, if someone had told me these things, I would have done it. I, I really did want to be a good husband. Yeah, so let's delve into that. Um, what? How could you describe what happens when men have t- adopted this new, you know, this new sensitive kind of idea of being a man, where you're supposed to talk about your feelings and develop more of your feminine side? And you know, it sounds good in theory. You know, p- you know, men shouldn't hold their feelings in or what have you, and be more accommodating. But in reality. Um, what does that look like in the average modern marriage where it's too top-heavy in that respect, where, it's either, where he's gone overboard or what have you, trying to please his wife? What's, what's the outcome? Well, you know, it, it's a good question because what happens is men want to be sensitive. They don't want to be, they don't want to be accused of being controlling, all these things. So they, they really just try, instead of being a leader, they just want to please. And they think, well, if I just do whatever my wife says, then she should be happy. You know, I work hard, I bring in the income to provide for my family, and I come home, and whatever she tells me to do, I do. I've heard this many times. And, and he can't understand, well, really what she wants is a man who steps forward and sees what's going on in their family, sees what's going on in their relationship, and shows his share of leadership. It's not about being controlling. It's not controlling at all. It's being aware and not oblivious to what's going on. And you see a situation, you say, well... I have a solution that I think can solve this problem, and you step forward and do it. Or if it's something you think you should consult with your wife beforehand, you consult with her. But you don't just come and say, well, what should we do? What? And, and, and so I've heard this so many times that men think, well, I, I don't want to be accused of being controlling, so I'll just do whatever she says. I'm, I'm a nice, sensitive, non-controlling, nice guy. And, and they can't understand why women are just frustrated with them. And you can understand from the woman's perspective, from her perspective, he's leaving all the responsibility mm-hmm. of making all the decisions, solving all the problems on her. And she feels, you know, he's not really a husband. He's just uh, being like a nanny. Yeah, or like a, you're, you're leading him around. We're telling right. him everything that's going to be done. And I think, you know, I mean, it's no secret this is long in coming from the last several decades of women really being taught to be leaders and that it's bad to have traditional sex roles. And so this idea that if you do have traditional sex roles, maybe where he's more of a leader in the relationship, that somehow he's going to uh, uh, hold you back, hold you down. And I, this is something that I have, you know, I try so hard in my work to explain the difference between, no, being a leader is not the same as being controlling. So can you lay out really what, what does each look like and why do they get so confused? You know, I have a whole chapter in my book on that, and they're really opposite. A leader is someone who's thinking about the greater good of his family, who who is not thinking about himself. He's he's making sacrifices because he thinks these are good things to do for his family. Someone who's controlling is just very insecure, very self-centered, only thinking about themselves, only doing what's best for themselves. It's really, you know, someone who's controlling is abusive. I mean, you know, someone who thinks they need to control other people you know, it needs therapy to find out why they have this need to control people. That's not being a leader. A leader is is doing what's best for your family and, and, and knowing what's going on and stepping forward with solutions, not waiting to be told what to do, but stepping forward 
And like I said before, if it's a situation you think, well, you should consult with your wife before doing what you think needs to be done, you consult with her. Or if it's a situation where you think, you know, you could just handle it on your own, she'd be fine with it, do that. You know, I, I, I had a woman say to me, when a woman always has to tell a man what to do, it makes him feel like he is a child and she is his mother. And she doesn't want to. No, there's absolutely no question about it. What struck me so much, you know, one of the things I was interested in about this book, and you might have known this, is that I, the last book I wrote was called The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage. And it was really the flip side of your message, but tailored to women. So these two books together would actually be kind of brilliant because okay. your book is for men and mine's for women. And mine's telling women sort of the flip side of what you're saying, which is ultimately the same message, but saying, what do women do? In other words, one of the things you say in your book is, you know, men need to look at themselves if they're not getting the reaction that they want or if they're unhappy and say, what can I do differently? And I'm saying exactly the same thing to women. What can you do differently so you're not always pointing fingers and that you're understanding what it is that you are looking for and really want and then be open to doing that even if it's countercultural or not what, you know, you're told is the thing to do or what have you. You know, I I think – it's my view that really human nature hasn't changed. We've heard all these messages and we think, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. But it's really human nature is, I think a woman really wants a man who, can, you know, who is strong, who takes charge, who shows his share of leadership. And, and, and a woman really admires that. And when a man who's heard all these messages about being feminine and talking about your feelings and you know, like I, I, I these men say, "Well, I talk about my feelings." And my wife says she doesn't really, she doesn't really, she can't, doesn't like it all the, because he really, he's heard all these messages. I said, "Well, you know, you talk about your feelings once in a while. <laughs> you know, if, if somebody you love dies, you could say you feel sad, but if you're coming home every day, you know, telling her how hard it was at work, and you know, spilling your guts out, it doesn't <laughs> give her a good feeling." Well, I, you know, it goes back to safety, don't you think? You know, women need to feel safe. And if you're constantly, you know, crying or upset or talking about your feelings the way more of a woman might, it's unsettling for her as a female because she wants to feel that you're, you've got things. You know, exactly. whereas a man wants to take care of a woman. So if a, man, if a woman cries and is sharing her feelings, not that she should be laying it out all the time either, but it's more natural because it's, it's just natural for you to care for her. Exactly. She wants a man to be a tower of strength that she can look up to, a rock that she can lean on. That's what I hear. And and all the men are just like talking about their feelings and how, you know, it. it, it you know, occasionally, you know, men are human beings, but they, you know, this whole idea of develop your feminine side really, really, women want men who are masculine and men want women who are feminine. Yes. No question. And you, I like the way you turned it on its head a little bit there. I think it's helpful for men. They think they're doing what women are asking them to do, and they want to please them. So, that, okay, you want me to be more sensitive, I'll be more sensitive. But I like the way you phrase it in terms of what do you think that makes her feel like if you're asking her what to do all the time? What, are, what should we do? What's for dinner? Where are we going to go? If you're putting all the decisions in her lap, think about what that would feel like. I mean, who you know? What, that's a lot of responsibility. So when you think of it that way it makes sense as to these men who would come to you and say i'm doing everything she wants why isn't she happy you flip it and explain it that way i would think it'd be pretty clear is that how men how have people react how did people react to your book men well, and women that, that's exactly i mean women you know the interesting thing is about this book was you know at first i i wrote it for men and i thought 
I would tell men, read it, don't let your wife see it, just do it, you'll see things will be better. But women, most of them are bought by women who <laughs> give it to them, their husbands and boyfriends and say, and their sons, and they say, read this book. And this is, this is what I've been trying to tell you all this time. Because really, this, this is what women want. It's, just, it's so fascinating. We hear all this stuff in the media, and it's really not at all what women want. I mean, I've had so many women tell me, that, like single women, when a man asks them out on a date and can't even decide where to go for a cup of coffee, like he thinks, oh, I'm showing her I'm a nice guy, I'm not controlling, I'll let her decide. She thinks this guy can't make a decision. How would, how would he handle situations in a marriage, in a family where there's challenges and we have to come up with solutions? He can't even decide where to go for coffee. It's terrible. I mean, really, when you think about it, they're just both, it's like, who's on first? You know, they're just, um, they're, they're coming at it in completely opposite. They're, well, like you said, it's the way that they were told is they're supposed to do, and they're trying, and it's just not working. Right, and, and the men really, I mean, they, they want, you know, they want to be good boyfriends and husbands. They really, so they think, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know, but, but it's, it's not. And, and I tell them, like, like when you ask a woman out, be a man with a plan. Like, have, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do it, but, be, you know, have a plan that you've taken the time yeah. to research and think, you know, what would we both enjoy doing? And it's the same thing in marriage when there's a situation. Don't ask, just ask your wife, what should we do? Do some research. Come up with a solution that you think, you know, I think the solution to this problem is this. We can do this, and you can do that. I'll do this. But that's what leadership, that's what leaders do. Excellent. Well, we need to take a quick sponsor break, and we'll come right back where we left off. Thanks, Elliot. Are you unhappily single? Does your marriage or relationship feel hard? I get a lot of emails from readers who are struggling in their marriage or relationship. Unfortunately, the help an individual or couple needs can rarely be answered in a series of emails. For this reason, I offer relationship coaching for those who are struggling to find love and for couples whose marriage or relationship feels stuck in a negative cycle. Go to SuzanneBanker.com and sign up today for a coaching session with me and learn the tools you need to find love and sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. That's SuzanneBanker.com. Do you ever wonder what happened to courtship and find yourself longing to go out on a real date? Do you ask yourself why some marriages last and others fall apart? Is your marriage struggling despite your best efforts to keep it together? Women who win at love don't have a gift you don't have. What makes them unique is that they aren't at war with the men in their lives. Rather than take a competitive approach to relationships, as the culture teaches, they accept that men are men and that women are women. And that makes all the difference. Whether you're single and mapping out your life, or you're divorced or unhappily married, women who win at love will permanently alter the way you view men in marriage. You will learn the eight dating rules that lead to marriage, why super successful women struggle in love, what men want and what women want, hint, they're not the same, why love alone is not a reason to get married, how to avoid the green grass syndrome, and why acting like a man lands women in a ditch. Women Who Win at Love is an in-depth examination of modern dating and marriage and a wake-up call for women at every stage of life. So go to Amazon.com and type in Women Who Win at Love and get ready for your life to change. Welcome back to The Suzanne Venker Show. You can find out more at SuzanneVenker.com. We're talking today with Elliot Katz, author of seven nonfiction books, one of which is entitled Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants, in which Katz shares insights about being the kind of man women want that many men today are not taught. 
Okay, so we left off um, talking about how men and women are kind of communicating in uh, code, I guess, or they're, they're, they're doing it in a way that they're, um, they're not getting what they ultimately want because the culture's sort of steering them in, in the wrong direction, which is kind of the theme of this show. Um, do you think uh, there's a way that women, again, going back to the book I said that I wrote that was sort of the flip side of this in talking to women, do you, like when a man or a woman approaches you and you're talking to them, do you, do you have any feelings about who needs to be, in other words, should each sex just focus on what they need to do to bring about this same result that encourages men to show leadership, or is it all on the man to do? Well, I, I, th- I think you're right. The first thing what you said, it's really up to up to the person who, who wants to change the situation to take the action on, on their own to, ch- to change the situation, to change their way of handling it, to change their action so the other person will respond. You know, I, I, you know, I get men saying, well, you know, I tried to show leadership, but you won't let me, or, or you know, for me to show leadership, I, I need my wife to let me be the leader. I, I, I said, No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't blame your wife. You have to show leadership. And if at first she, you know, questions you or undermines you, well, you just have to ask for her support and just say, well, this is why I think we should do it this way. This is, I think this is important to help achieve what's important to us. You just have, to, you know, leaders. People don't always go along with what a leader says. You know, the first time he says it, you just gotta show you mean it and just keep on showing leadership, and and she'll come around hopefully. And, and the same thing with a woman. I, I tell women, you know, if you're a wife, if your husband's always asking you to make the decisions, just don't make them. Just say, you know, you decide. I like it when you decide. And but the important thing is, like, don't criticize and don't undermine him because unless it, he wants to do something very dangerous, right? You know, I say, you know, he that men will say, I tried. She undermined me. I just gave up and gave in and 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 you know, stopped trying. So you know, you have to think about what do I need to encourage him to do what I want and the same thing for men so it really like when each person is blaming the other like you know you're not getting anywhere blaming is not going to help you and and uh, it's easy to blame but but you're avoiding responsibility you know a man has a responsibility to be the man of the family and you, you just gotta have to do it I was coaching a fellow you know who told me you know, he told me a situation at home and it was one of his kids and the, this whole situation and he was blaming his wife for the whole situation i said you know you could blame her <laughs> but you're the father you have to solve the problem and we discussed the things that he could do that i thought he could do to prove the situation with his daughter and you know it, it it worked and things are a lot better but you know just blaming the other person you know that's that's not going to help that's not going to solve anything you know that's something that i've always thought that was really interesting have you come across men who are have no problem being leaders at work but then they're a completely different person at home <laughs> Oh, lots of them. <laughs> I find that fascinating. Just really proving yeah. how delicate that relationship is, that love relationship, you know, between men and women. Because they they really think that's what they're supposed to do. I thought, you know, I come home, you know, I, this person I just tell you about, you know, he has a business, is very successful. Then, you know, came home, just said, well, I just came home, and whatever my wife told me to do, I did. And, and, and then, then he blamed her for the problems that she didn't solve. It's like, well... You, you're aware of the problems. You can't. You got to step forward and find a solution to and and solve them. And and your wife will respect you more for it. They're mm-hmm. just saying you're 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 leaving all the problems to her. And especially this problem he had with one of his kids is like, 
you know, I'm sure if your wife could solve it, she would have solved it. So now it's up to you to solve it. And and that's what you have to do. That you can't just, you know, step back and blame. Yeah, yeah, but but they're, but in business, they, they, they have staff, you know, they, they you know, have, you know, are leaders of a whole staff of people. Yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, just as hard for them to navigate the love relationship as I think it is for women, you know, if they switch out of that mode so easily. Um, I, so I have a question for you about your own story. And if it's too personal, then just let me know and we can move to the next thing. But you talked about after your marriage ended, you ended up looking at these relationship books that wasn't helpful. And then you first of all, how who were the people who you were speaking with who were older? And how long did that process take for you to kind of get it, so to speak? Well, okay, it was really looking at a lot of uh, writings over the centuries. There's a lot of stuff written. You know, men need to learn how to be a man. I don't, uh, it doesn't come naturally. So there's actually a lot of writings over, like, centuries talking about what a man should be. And it's really, like you said, in the past 50 years, we've come up with all these ideas about, you know, men being feminine, they don't have to be masculine. You know, we, they don't, and, and, and even... I'm sure you were. The word masculine or manliness has taken on a very negative connotation. When actually, manliness, as I point out in my book, is a very positive thing. If the if you look up the meaning, you know, I tell people I learned what it means to be manly by looking it up in the dictionary. It's actually the positive qualities of a man of mature character. It's a very positive thing. So, but today it's like, oh, manliness is like you know being toxic. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. So. Um, it was really reading a lot of stuff that's been written over the centuries. You know, one of the things that blew me away, you know, it's not a religious book, but one of the, when you look at the Bible, it's a story, it's a source for, you know, for just wisdom. You know, the story of Adam and Eve, you know, they're in the Garden of Eden, have one commandment, don't eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge. And, and um, you know, Eve eats it, then she pushes Adam to eat it, and then God says, did you eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge that I commanded not to eat? And then I read it, and I, what does he say? He blames his wife. He, I said, why? You, you know, the woman you sent me gave it to me, and I ate it. I thought, he gave it to something he knew was wrong, and then he blamed his wife. Yeah. I said, I did that. <laughs> I thought I was only, <laughs> it was only me who did that. And then, I, you know, I talked to other men. They, they all said, yeah, I did that. That mm-hmm. was stupid of me. You know, I gave it to her, and they all blamed her mm-hmm. instead of taking responsibility. Says, uh, yeah. And I tell these guys, you know, you were responsible if it was wrong. You shouldn't have given in because that's your responsibility. So so what I'm saying is there's over many, many centuries, there's a lot of writings about what a man should be. And it's just I found such insights. It's just like, whoa, I just I wish I had known that. Hmm. I love how um, I'm going to say some of the uh, read some of the quotes from your book. Um, But one of them was about how. You know, it's essentially that marriage is like having a mirror in front of you, which my husband and I are always saying. (laughs) Because when you've been married a long time, you eventually realize, oh, I have to look at myself if I'm going to be married, not just at the other person. So in your story, you said with the grandma, the grandfather was talking about his relationship with his grandma, that they were each a mirror of how the other person needed to grow. So I think a lot of times in marriages, they think that it's stuck because there's nowhere to go with it because, um, you know, you're not right for each other or what have you, when in fact it's very often just someone's inability to look inward. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. It, it, you know, when you say it's a mirror, you know, when, when, you know, men will get, and I was in this situation, and a lot of men will say, well, the only solution in this situation is for the other person to change. And I think women think that too. 
So when you say that, you say, no, I have to change myself. I have to ask, look at how I have to change myself to get my spouse to respond the way I want. And that's really the challenge. It's like so often you're stuck in this, like the only solution is for the other person to change. Right. That's when you have to ask yourself, no, how do I have to change? How, how do I have to do things differently to get her to respond the way I want her to? That's growing. That's, and then, then you, and you see you can do it and you say, wow. And, and you realize it's because you didn't grow in that way that that's why you have the problem. It's because you needed to grow. And until you, you grew, that problem was going to continue until you realized you had to do things differently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to read a couple of statements from your book, and then I want you, I'm just going to read what you wrote, and then you can, t- you can explain it. One of them was, listen to her views and be careful not to hurt her feelings. But if you're always led by her advice without using your own judgment, life can become hell. Can you explain that? Right. Okay. That's a, that's really <laughs> showing it's a balance. You know, if a man, if you never listen to your wife, you're, if you're controlling, you never listen to any her input or anything, anything she has to say, well, that's not good. You, sh- you have to make an effort to listen to her. But if you're always just doing whatever she says and not using your own judgment, you know, your life will be hell. It's, it's, uh, it's a balance. So really, it's, a, it's you know, that's, that was written 2,000 years ago. And and it's, mm. it's so true today. It's a balance. It's like, yes, listen to her, but don't just automatically do whatever she says. You have right. to you know, use your judgment. And you can see it seems sort of counterintuitive. I, I feel badly for men, especially today, because they get so many mixed messages. And m- women are so f- in the forefront and demanding what they want. And then it seems like what they want is to be in charge. And so when men try and quote unquote, let them be in charge, they're miserable too. And I think that's where a lot of modern men are just saying, well, I don't get it anymore. I just don't know what the hell to do. Right, right. I, th- I think, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the men think, well, okay, if this is what she wants, then I'll do it. And I'll, I, then why isn't she happy? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, but as I you think- say, the irony is that if you're always trying to please her, you're not really pleasing her at all. You're not going to please her at all. Yeah. That's the irony. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, here's another one. When she opposes you, she may be testing to see if you're strong. It's an opportunity to push yourself to grow. The bigger the challenge, which means, I think, the bigger the she's, the more difficult she is, I think is what you're saying, the more you're pushed to grow. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you have to use your judgment there. Like, is she opposing what you want to do because... There's good reasons, and, and, you know, she doesn't want you to do something, uh, you know, dangerous or, or damaging. Or is she really testing you to see if you really mean it? You know, like men will say to me, oh, my wife's been running the show for 10 years. How do I step forward? And, and when I try, she she ignores me or she just is against what I say. So it's like, well, she, she may be testing you to see if you're really strong and you're going to stand up and do it. Because women do that, and they really want to see, are you strong? Are you going to be, you know, like they're saying, she's, a woman wants a man to stand up to her so that she'll, to show her that she he will stand up for her. Yes, right? I love that. I love that. I've heard that many times, and it's a great way of putting it. Can you repeat that? Say that again. A woman wants a man who will stand up to her so that she knows he will stand up for her. And, I, and when you phrase it that way, I, I would think that men, it sort of would be a light bulb moment. You know, turning that idea of placating her, pleasing her on its head and understanding that if she's not testing you to be mean or bitchy or what have you, then you realize that she's just 
asking you to be her protector, really, right? Right, right, right. She said she wants to see if you're going to take the lead, if you're really going to yeah. do it. And I think, and the other side of this, what you've said is that being that strong leader also requires making decisions that are difficult, and you have to take responsibility for the outcome. And I think that's can be da- well, it's daunting for anyone, I guess, male or female. But men used to uh, sort of embrace that, you know, as a sign of strength. But now, you know, everybody, male or female, is just sort of encouraged to just blame someone else and not take responsibility. So it's scary to say, hey, I could make this decision and it's wrong. But whatever. So what? I mean, if it's wrong, it's wrong. You move to the next one. You know, not not to use that as an excuse not to make those tough decisions. Exactly. Exactly. No, men will do that, and they don't want to. They don't. They don't want to make a wrong decision because they'll be criticized. They don't want to be accused of being controlling. So they think they're playing it safe by not making a decision. But they don't realize, but making no decision, and, and if they leave it to. To the wife, the wife, and the wife makes the wrong decision. She may very well say, "Well, why did you let me do that? You knew it was the wrong thing. <laughs> You're still held responsible." And, and you know what? I've heard so many men say, you know, they blame their wives. So let's say, you know, let's say the finances are out of control, and uh, you know they're blaming their wives. And and I tell them, you know, people don't have sympathy for men who, who go around talking like they're victims of their wives. You know. Mm-hmm. You're the man. You're responsible. If you know what's wrong, you shouldn't be letting it go on. Like, I remember a fellow that I met soon after my marriage ended, and, you know, we had so many of our situations were similar. Like, we could finish each other's sentences. But then he said to me, his wife ran up $50,000 on the credit cards. And I looked at him. I said, well, how could you let that go on? You have children. Like, mm-hmm. that's something I would never let go on. And then, But then it forced me to ask myself, like, how did I let go on all the other things that I did let go on? But my reaction to him was, you know, I feel sorry for you, but you're saying you're a victim of your wife when it was your job to make sure it didn't happen. Like, Yeah, it's interesting that it took that threshold. I mean, everyone's threshold is different. So it was interesting that that example to you was just shocking because that's not something you would have done. But someone else might think something else you did in a different capacity was strange. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's so interesting. Um and I love at the end, so you, one of the suggestions you make, um, again, similar to what I've made to women in the past in terms of surrounding yourself with the right people, you're saying watch how other men who are strong take charge and become friends with them. Watch how right. they expect the women to respond positively to them. And the idea then is that you, you know, the more you're surrounding yourself with people like that, you can emulate that, yes? Absolutely. And one thing I say is that, you know, I, I remember for myself, when I would see men like that, I would feel very uncomfortable with them. I thought, oh, they're old-fashioned. I'm the modern, progressive guy. And, 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 but I say, like, when you feel uncomfortable with somebody, it maybe means there's things you could learn from them, that they're different from you, and you can learn from them. And, and, and that's what I say. You know, like, like in anything, you want to get good at something, watch people mm-hmm. who are good at it and learn from them. Could you, is there any way to give, me, give us, the, our listeners, an example of what that might look like? Well, Just you know, the first, the first idea is like when you see, uh, you know, a family together and the kids are, are going wild and the man just waits for the mother to deal with the situation. You know, the kids are doing stuff they shouldn't do. But when the man steps forward and, you know, talks to the kids firmly and says, you know, not to do this. And, and you think, oh, he's that old fashioned, you know. Um, tough parent, but no, he is taking responsibility for his children. He sees them doing something they shouldn't be doing. He's not waiting for his wife to do it. He's 
goes and deals with it. And I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's a great example. Oh, my gosh, so many people can relate to that. That's a great example. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is a great conversation, Elliot. Where can people find out more about you? Okay, they can go to my website, which is www.elliotkatz.com, and it's E-L-L-I-O-T-T, that's two T's, K-A-T-Z, dot com. And, and the book is available on Amazon as a, as a paperback and as an e-book on Kindle, and it's also on iBooks and Kobo as an e-book. Excellent. Well, thank you. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just want to say, if you want to contact me through my uh, website, have questions, comments, if they read the book, I'd be happy to hear from them. You know, I also speak to groups if they want to invite me. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm on a mission to change the men of the world, so I really think that's the way to prevent so many divorces and so many children from broken homes. Oh, gosh. We are one and the same, Elliot. You take care of the men. I'll take care of the women. How about that? Okay. All right. Okay. Good deal. Thanks, Elliot. Hope okay, to talk to you again. You. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. My guest today was Elliot Katz, author of seven nonfiction books, one of which is entitled Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants, in which Katz shares insights about being the kind of man women want that many women today are not taught. Well, that wraps up another edition of The Suzanne Venker Show. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And please do take two minutes to give us your review. And if you have a question or comment for me, go to Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone.